Set a spark to your integrated business and marketing strategies with America's top entrepreneurs and business leaders here at Integrate and Ignite with your host, Lori Jones. And we're back. I'm so excited to have Tim Parkin back on for a second series here. In the first show, uh, we talked a lot about how ultimately just building experimentation into the DNA of your marketing program and team is something that's very, very important. And ultimately, we can learn so much from experimentation, some best practices, some do's and don'ts surrounding the not copying your competition, um, making sure that you don't ignore new opportunities, so on and so forth. And then we had some true examples on what you can do to ultimately formalize an experimentation program that we refer to as Experiment Zero. Today, Tim is going to dive more into the two biggest marketing challenges that we face and the book of knowledge. Welcome back, Tim. Thank you, Lori. I'm really excited today to talk more about marketing with you. It's been a wonderful conversation. If you haven't listened to the previous episode, go back and listen to that. It was a blast and there was a lot of great insights there. Uh, but today, as you mentioned, Lori, I would love to talk about the big challenges of marketing, which how I see it, there's really two big challenges, collaboration and insights. And collaboration really is you know, being able to coordinate and execute well with your team and consistently over time. And that's a hard thing to do. Well, uh, and It is. And, and one of the things that you talked about in the first show was it does not matter the size of the team. It does not matter if you're a $500 million brand or a $50 million brand or a $5 million brand. Collaboration ultimately can make or break a good marketing program and a cohesive uh, approach. Absolutely. I, I truly believe that marketing is more of a process than most people realize and the formula for performance in marketing is process plus people equals performance. And so if you have great people or you don't have great people, it doesn't matter if you don't have a good process. And so collaboration and how those people interact through a process is, is really key. And the second challenge, though, is insights. You know, we need to be doing marketing, observing what's happening and learning from that marketing so that we can improve it for next time. Otherwise, we're just going to repeat our same mistakes over and over again. Status quo is a very concerning, scary thing for great marketers, isn't it? It really is. And there's far too much of it. And you'd be shocked, you know, and you know, Lori, more than most people, how often marketing teams and organizations don't really look at what they're doing. They're just kind of repeating the motions and hoping to meet their targets and deliver results. But we need to be critical here and think about what are we doing, what's working, and what's not working. And the more we can do that, the more success we'll have. You know, so that we can put up some guardrails for our listeners today. Why why does it happen? Why do people stop collaborating or why isn't there collaboration? And why don't they feel that there's an importance uh, surrounding insights? One of the big problems in marketing, which is worse than most other functions, is working in silos. You know, you have your content team, you have digital, you have brand, you have creative, and everyone's working kind of on their own. Uh, rather than collaborating together. There's really no incentive for that. There's also not the transparency there, but, but moreover, they don't have a means to do that easily and effectively. There's no system that they can follow to say, let's all get together and share information. And that's what they really need. And insights is the same, right? We need a, a formalized place that we can capture our insights and document them, but then also reference that later when we're gonna launch new campaigns. 
And that's really what I've come up with here, which is not a revolutionary idea by any means, is what I call the book of knowledge. I love it. And, you know, it makes so sense. We've got a, a little black book for most of our clients. We're a very process-driven agency. All of our processes are written. When they get better, it you know, we make sure that it's put into the process. We're constantly evolving and growing it so that when we bring on new team members or a client needs a deeper expl- explanation, we can share that process with them, right? So it, it really helps with a lot of what you're talking about. But all too often, we run into situations where there just is no process at all. And we are building our clients' internal processes along the way as well. So I love, love, love this book of knowledge. What was the epiphany that you had ultimately that led to you thinking, you know what, it it can be this simple? It sounds like you're ahead of the curve, Lori, and I'm really glad to hear that because you've you've probably been in the same situation I have, which is working with a client and realizing, as you said, they don't have any process. You know, one of my clients right now is headed towards IPO and they have absolutely no processes. And it's, you know, it's terrifying to think about, you know, how has the ship stayed afloat this long and how are we going to get it to where we need to go? So just working with so many clients and seeing the constant struggles of not being able to collaborate effectively, not having those documented processes. And also, as I said before, just kind of doing marketing and not really thinking twice about it. You know, it's like looking in the mirror and then you walk away and forget what you look like. And that's what's happening in marketing. And there is hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars being wasted every day by marketing organizations listening to this because they're not able to effectively think about what they're doing, capture those insights, and then most importantly, apply that for next time to get better. It doesn't take a lot of work to do this, but it can literally transform your organization. Yeah, I love this takeaway. It's going to be great. And we're going to dive into how ultimately... Uh, you can build your own book of knowledge. But before we get there, give us uh, you know, a pre and post client example on how the book of knowledge has worked and be very well for them. Yeah, I'll give you a great example here. You know, Coming into a client uh, that had a couple of big teams and there really has just been a lot of trouble with them communicating and handoffs and approvals and just the process of understanding where is that line of division, line of demarcation, if you will, And how can we collaborate effectively? And so once we put this book of knowledge together, which we'll describe in just a minute what that looks like and how you do that, uh, they were able to more clearly see uh, where they had responsibilities, what was expected from other people, uh, but also the level of transparency and accountability by seeing everyone contribute to this document. They all had ownership of this book of knowledge. And so by doing that, they were able to collaborate asynchronously and support each other and understand what other parties were doing and more importantly, what other parties are not doing. And that just changed things completely where it's almost happening behind the scenes now. There's no longer meetings and conversations about, did you get this or I need this from you or who's a, who do I talk to here? Because it's all documented. It's all in this book that keeps growing and growing and growing over time to where everyone knows to reference it and refer to it and that everything they need, they can find in there. And also what's really interesting is new hires. You know, a new hire comes in, uh, and I'll paint this picture for you. Imagine someone hands you a book that says, here's exactly how our team operates. Here's who does what. Here's how our campaigns are structured. Here's all the tools we use and the vendors we use. And here's all the insights we've gained over the last, you know, couple of years of doing this. That's the power of the book of knowledge. Uh, But you have to start now because if you don't start now, you know, it, it can't grow to anything. Yeah, I I love it. And it usually starts with a collection of learnings and and insights 
from experimenting and running tests. It's true. Yes, you can start small. And I would encourage you to do that because the idea of having your whole team's processes and procedures and history and everything documented is, is overwhelming. So don't think about that. Just think about starting today, this month, what are you doing and what observations do you have and what insights do you see that you can gather and write those down and say, you know, we did this, we thought it would work and it didn't. Here's why and here's what we'll do next time. We did this and it did work. Here were the results. And here's what we think led to it being more successful or being successful at all. Start with that small scope and then continue to add to that over time. And you'll become, you'll end up with something extremely valuable for you and your team. And, you know, we can't remember everything, right? I started to say a little while ago that we've got a black book for each of our clients with just ideation, ideas that may not make sense today, but they could be really fruitful for them, you know, two months from now, two years from now. And so this sort of thing can be, you know, compartmentalized from the standpoint of great ideas that, you know, ahead of their time, campaigns that we've run that have been, you know, home run campaigns that have not worked, the messaging that is resonating, you know, the market research that's in the, in the, in the field, let alone the campaign implementation. And there's so many different ways. If you were to sit down with your team and and simply ideate on what you'd want to put into this, uh, you probably have a, you know, a thousand page novel to begin with. It's so true, isn't it? You'd be shocked. Most teams have probably forgotten more than they realize. And that you said could fill a thousand pages easily, but also most teams are just doing so much on a daily basis in terms of conversations and meetings and ideas and activities that all of that is valuable. And if you're not capturing it, then A, you're going to forget it. But B, there's other people who could benefit from knowing that. And this is where the transparency aspect comes into play, that just having that level of transparency that anyone on the team can see what's happening or what we've done or how how decisions have been made, which decisions have been made and what the outcome of those was. You know, this extends even beyond the marketing team itself, because if you create this you know, book of knowledge, then sales can get better visibility into marketing to, to work more aligned with them. Uh, customer research, customer service, you know, leadership. There's many other functions that can benefit by being able to flip through the pages, proverbially, of the book of knowledge. And so it's a really valuable asset, not just for the marketing organization, but for everyone outside of that as well. And, you know, I would urge everyone, this is, you know, you see this a lot when it comes to scientific brands or engineering brands, right? Those engineering uh, departments and the R&D departments and, and the researchers, they've got their own books of knowledge because they don't want to repeat what doesn't work, right? But marketing these soft skills, we've never really looked at it that way. It's it's so true. And it's a, a real opportunity here, again, for the listeners to prioritize this and take some time. And again, this is something you have to build up slowly over time. You can't just sit down and create this document, create this, this collection of resources. It does take time. But I'd encourage you, you know, one of my favorite quotes of all time is the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The second best time <laughs> is now. And so please take the time, make the time to start to create this with your team and help them understand what this could be and the value can bring because it is transformative. So we've talked a lot about the fact that, you know, we're busy, we can definitely forget things and recording them in this book of knowledge, I, I think is a fantastic way. But we've also just touched on the fact, and I want to dive into it a little bit more about how operationally, when we're onboarding a new team member, 
or cross-functionally, you know, cross-functional training is so important uh, today. When you've got a, a book of knowledge and your team ultimately lacks the understanding of what another team member might be doing, can you imagine how more effectively you could ultimately operate? It's night and day difference. And of my clients who have actually implemented this, it's so wonderful to be able to continue to drip and add things into the book of knowledge for new hires. Some of my other clients have even created you know, training modules or training courses that they've run that give the team the same uh, fundamental skills and language to use around campaigns or things of that nature. And they've incorporated those into their book of knowledge. So now you know, if you want to go reference that as an existing employee, or if you're a new hire, there's almost this whole curriculum inside of the book of knowledge that you can go through. So onboarding new employees is a great use case. And also working with vendors or partners is another good use case, because now they can see exactly how you operate, what your naming conventions are, what processes you follow, what things you've already done, which channels you're operating in and how you're operating in those. So there's so many details you can add to this. And the great part is that it's customized to you. So take the parts you want to include and don't include the parts that you don't, but make it what's useful for you. There's no set formula here. It's more the idea of we need to document and share knowledge because the more we can do that, the more effective we can all be. And we're going to provide you some tips here in just a minute on how you can build your own book of knowledge. But one thing uh, that I think also is very important here is it becomes a source of truth for the entire team. Absolutely. It must be a source of truth. And that means that it has to be maintained, uh, of course, in order for it to maintain being true. And so it does require some effort. But having one place everyone can refer back to and point back to and say, this is what we agreed on. This is, again, the naming conventions. These are our targeting criteria. This is how the campaign will be run. This is what we've done in the past. That source of truth is extremely valuable for the team. And it makes sure that everyone has that a shared common understanding of what are we doing, why are we doing it, and how are we doing it. How have your clients set up roles and responsibilities for building the book of knowledge? Usually when a new hire comes on, it's their responsibility as they learn, as they learn the people and the processes and their role to start to build the book of knowledge, or at least their corner of the book of knowledge, if you will. That's a really easy way to start is put that on them because they're already in learning mode. So why not have them write that down and formulate that? There are also people within the organization who are, for lack of a better term, gurus. They're the people who've been there for the longest and they know everybody and everything about the organization. Those are wonderful people to have sit down for you know an hour or two for the first two weeks or so and just dump their brain into the book of knowledge of here's the structure, here's everything we do, here's how we operate, all that good stuff. But in large organizations, you'll have, you know, a chief of staff, a COO, uh, someone like that, you know, sometimes um, the CMO, project manager, will have a project manager, you know, on the right hand side, who can help with this, but have someone who is uh, well attuned to your people and your processes, uh, speak into this, because they will be able to set the skeleton, if you will, and then the team can dive in later over time and fill in the gaps. And I think an easy starting point is you're launching a new campaign. Let's uh, start the book of knowledge. Absolutely. If you are launching a new campaign, starting the book of knowledge is a great time to do so. And it allows you to document everything about the campaign and get everyone aligned and on the same page. As you know, Lori, running a campaign <laughs> takes a lot of people and there's a lot of steps involved and there's a lot of moving pieces. And so the more we can document those, 
the more we can make sure that everyone understands what's happening. But more importantly, we can then look back at it and say, here's what we did and here's why we did it. And now that we have hindsight, which is 2020, what will we change going forward? What didn't work? What parts should we add and remove and change out? And so having that documented is extremely valuable to see the evolution of your marketing and help you measure in an intangible way, how is your team's thinking and approach shifting and changing uh, over time? And so we're talking about something outside of KPIs and metrics and data. This is really seeing the thinking, the strategic thinking that your team is applying by observing how they approach marketing and campaigns. Yeah, I think it's great. Okay, so now we're going to walk everyone through how you can develop and start your own book of knowledge. And what tools uh, do you feel are best to utilize for anyone who wants to start their own book? The best tools are usually free. And I think Notion, N-O-T-I-O-N.com is one of the best tools right now for creating this. Notion, if you're not familiar with it, you should become familiar with it. It's an amazing tool. I use it with almost all my clients. Uh, Notion is like Google Docs, but on steroids. And so it has all the functionality of a document editor. You can format things and have titles and all that good stuff. But there's many other functionalities built into it where you can have tables and you can link pages and you can uh, comment and tag people. It's extremely interactive, extremely collaborative, and also very simple and accessible no matter your skill level. And so Notion is just a wonderful place to build a book of knowledge because it can grow organically. You can link pages. Uh, you can create synced parts of the page. So you can have you know, one section that's the same across multiple pages. And if you change it in one page, it'll change in all the pages. So it makes the maintainability aspect of this book of knowledge much more easy. And can you upload you know, graphics and um, you know, campaign materials and stuff like that so that there's a good visual? Absolutely. You can embed files. It has lots of embeds for even things like Google Sheets. You can add images, you can add media like videos. So you can do all sorts of things. And there's lots of great formatting tools in this to create, you know, blocks or accordions or all sorts of things like that to kind of hide content or organize it better so that it's very uh, easy for people to use and access. It doesn't become one massive page that's overwhelming. You can create all these compartments and sections within it. So it's very easy to navigate, easy to find what you're looking for. And back to the point that you made early on, collaboration is key. Uh, Word and Excel is not going to work for something like this. So you need a collaborative tool. Okay, so what this should contain is the big question that all of our listeners are thinking through right now. Let's go really broad. So, you know, a client that has done this well and now has several different components in it versus where uh, someone might start. Yeah, there's so many things you can include, and really it's up to you to decide that. But I'll give you some general best practices here in terms of what I would recommend. You know, first is that onboarding section. That's a great place to start, and it's also a really valuable long term. So making sure you have a section in this of onboarding. What is our process for onboarding? What are the things that people have to do when they're onboarded? And in many of my clients, we even have different types of onboarding. So whether you're you know, a senior role or for a junior role, obviously the people you interact with, the things you'll have to do when you get onboarded will be slightly different. And so onboarding is a really great place to start because it helps people get up to speed quickly. And more importantly, it gives them a consistent process to get up to speed. In addition to that, you know, some of the things you mentioned, Lori, is campaigns. You know, what are the campaigns that we've done that we're doing? Uh, how do we approach campaigns? What are our naming conventions, our tracking? What channels do we use? All that is a really good thing to have in the book of knowledge. 
You can also expand this to your budget. You know, what is our budget? How are we allocating that budget? You know, making that accessible and transparent to the team is a really good idea as well. Uh, people is another big component of this. Who are the people on our team? What are their roles and responsibilities? You know, uh, what areas of responsibility do they have? Uh, how do they interact? Who's their manager or their boss? So I know who to contact if I need to you know, follow up with them. And even vendors and partners, who are we working with? And what are the points of contact with those vendors? What are our SOWs and agreements with those vendors? So people and uh, the connections there can go on and on and on about all the type of stuff you can include about people, but people is another big part of this. Yeah, I think it's great. And, and um, a couple of things I would love to see is, you know, ideas that we don't want to forget and things we will never do again. And even those like little things that drive people crazy, like, you know, what is the process that we following for follow for editing? Do we like commas? You know, do we like the Oxford comma or not? Uh, what drives our CEO crazy and what is the best way to present to him? I mean, just all these people yes. things as well, I think can really be fruitful. Absolutely. Yeah. I, you mentioned ideas, which is a great one. Experiments you've run, the results from those, you know, uh, marketing wins is something that we often have, which is basically a place to celebrate and say, here's what we've done that worked really well. And we can draw from that. You know, it also gives people kind of a, a leaderboard, if you would. To, to celebrate and uh, call out other people and say, this worked really well. Congrats to the team on that. But yes, people, communication, how you communicate, how you run meetings, how you use Slack or Teams or email and when, the escalation process for when a crisis happens or if communication is not happening, uh, your weekly status updates. How do you run those weekly status updates? You know, do you have a meeting every week with your team? Do you have a daily standup? You know, all sorts of things like that can be uh, written out and documented to a very fine degree and again, this sounds excessive, but remember, this is not something that you build up overnight. This is something you build up over time. But having this all in one place where you can agree to it and point to it, like you mentioned before, Loie, that source of truth is so valuable for the team and helps resolve so many issues when they arise to say, this is what we all agreed to. This is what we wrote down. This is our source of truth. Yeah, I love it. And of course, we talked about from a contribution standpoint that you know it's great to have someone new on the team, read through it, and they become the person who can uh, really maintain it. But starting from ground zero, who should be on the table to help build this out? Typically, marketing operations it helps build this out initially. As I mentioned, the people who are being onboarded as new hires can help as well before this really you know, gains legs and starts to move quickly. Within each section, once you have it set up and running and it's got a lot of content in there, you'll want to have some permissions. So the budget I mentioned, for example, you obviously don't want people to be able to change that, but you want people to be able to see that. So deciding those responsibilities will depend on the sections that you have. But typically, as a general practice, it's okay to let people change this as they will. And a tool like Notion has version control history. So you can see every change anybody's made, and you can even revert back to former changes. So there's really no harm here, as long as you have the team holding each other accountable, and you have someone who's looking at this in a general sense, and having some oversight to make sure things don't go uh, off the rails. Yeah, I love it. Celebration, you know, another great idea. What are we celebrating as a part of the book of knowledge? Absolutely. There's so many, and uh, we've only scratched the surface of what you could include here. And if you're listening to this right now, you probably have many ideas of what this could look like for you 
And I would encourage you just take a second and jot those down so you don't forget them and then make that the, the foundation, the beginnings of your own book of knowledge. I tell you, so much insight, Tim, that you've shared with us over these last two episodes. I love this. I I think that it is a way with so many moving parts right now with team members working from home, uh, team members in the office for four hours, team members, you know, schedules on totally different pages because they might be in English class, you know, with their four-year-old and then have to take a child to, you know, the dentist after school. Ultimately, it becomes the Bible, if you will, and and the and the game plan for what we're doing to execute uh, with best practices. Tim Parkin, any final words for our audience today before we part ways? I would say take action on this. Truly, this is, as I said, transformative. And if you don't do this, you'll be at a disadvantage. And if you take action on this, you will have a huge leg up on your marketing and on your performance. And you'll be able to make your marketing consistent and predictable and achieve all of your wildest dreams and results. So please make this a priority and just do it. Yep, that's all about collaboration and insights. Tim Parkin, thank you so much for your appearance on the Integrate and Ignite podcast. This episode is complete, but the inspiration has just begun. Head over to avocetcommunications.com for show notes and more aha moments. Tune in regularly to ignite your integrated business and marketing strategies with Lori Jones and the Integrate and Ignite podcast.